Hey guys, Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. I'm really excited to have our guest on today. Our guest spent nearly eight years in prison, in a maximum security prison, serving a life sentence without parole for a nonviolent marijuana offense. He was sentenced under the 1994 Federal Crimes Bill Three Strikes Law because of two previous nonviolent convictions, which were later vacated. And on January 20th, 2021, um, he had, you know, the, through the hard work of a lot of individuals and organizations all over the country, he finally and fortunately received a grant of uh, ex- uh, executive clemency from Donald Trump in his final days in office. Out of uh, now he's out on 10 years of parole and he's actually, you know, uh, reuniting with his loved ones and rebuilding his life and working hard to make a change. He's now a chief brand ambassador at 40 tons of black female owned premium cannabis clothing and accessories brand from LA, California. 40 tons advocates for restorative justice, reduced sentences and rehabilitation for nonviolent cannabis offenders. He now serves as an advisor to the last prisoner project and the author of a four part memoir that's coming very soon called look into my eyes set for release later this year. Corvain Cooper, thanks so much for being a part of Let's Be Bought with Montel today, sir. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. You're a legend, man. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Oh, my friend, you know, you know, you will very quickly become a legend yourself. I think, you know, uh, being able to not only tell your story, but, you know, show people the success that you are going to become. Right. Hey, I see somebody crawling in the background. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You can walk. You don't have to crawl. <laughs> hey, so look, uh, let, let's do something, man. A lot of people may know the end of your story, but let's go back to the beginning of your story. You were born and raised in what, East, uh, South Central Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from the east side of Los Angeles, South Central. So when I first, you know, you, you got to go through the struggle of the 80s. The 80s is not is not nothing to play with. So you, you're going through the crack epidemic and growing up, in the crack epidemic, you have to say, do I want to be over here in the ghetto with the rats and roaches in the, in the game banging, or do I want to go on the other side of the freeway and try to get to the West side or get to the Hills or get to somewhere else. So that's, what's pushing you to hustle. That's what's right. that's what hustle is coming from. The hustle is coming from, I'm trying to get out of poverty. I'm trying to get away from, there's no malls. There's no nothing. There's nothing on the East side to look forward to. So I always got bust to what my grandmother, rest in peace, working at uh, board of education. I was I was always in the best of schools and in always in magnet program schools and getting to see different stuff growing up. So by me getting to see different stuff growing up, I wanted more, you know. So right. you know, well, when when you said that that's what draws you to the hustle. So when do you think? What age did you start your hustle? When did you get your hustle on? I want to say about 15, 16, about 15, 16 is where I said, you know what? I think I want more, you know, or, you know, it's cool that I'm getting this or, you know, cause I'm getting allowance and I'm getting, you know, I'm, uh, they used to call us poor rich kids on the East side, you know what I mean? Cause my dad sold drugs, but I was still on the East side, but I was fresh, you know? So, and I still got to do cool shit. So it was like, Oh, they're poor rich kids. Like they're, they're poor, but they do, they do all the rich stuff. And then I got to, um, the boys, I don't know, you know, it was a group called the boys that I got that, you know, I got to go on tour with them. Bilal was one of my best friends when I was young. So I got to experience like the entertainment side of life and when they had their run and, you know, and stuff like that. So I got to go behind the scenes and be in videos and get to see the the entertainment part. Then, you know, uh, my granny, rest in peace, she worked for Harrison Ford and Melissa Ford at the time, you know, so I got to see, that side of the world where I got to go on Mahullin and I got to see what's going on over there. You see what I'm saying? And I get to, yeah. if I would have kept all that memorabilia, I'd be rich today. You know what I mean? True, I, had a, I had the star Wars memorabilia, you know what I mean? Wow. So, you know, so I got to experience that and, you know, so the different things that I got to experience opened my eyes to a broader view of, wait a minute, you know, it's not just this East side. It is big houses and big things that you can get if you work hard for it. So I never, the person that I looked up to that was working hard was my dad and he hustled. 
So was your dad hustling back then crack or was he hustling back then cannabis? No, he was he was hustling crack. But I seen what crack did to my mother and what crack did to my community. So I was like, I don't want to sell crack, but I do want to hustle because the hustlers is the only people we had to look up to on the east side. They were the ones who had the nice cars and they were the ones who had all the things. So once I figured out what I wanted to do or how I wanted to hustle, I said, well, I don't see weed hurting anybody. I don't see, you know, I can, I can sell marijuana, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then I found out that you could take the marijuana out of town and get double. So I was like, Hey, where do I sign? You know what I mean? Gotcha. So that's it. So about 15, 16, you started hustling some marijuana, right? Yeah. Devil, you devil dabble with a little a dime here. 20, you know, you, you're not, sure. you're not doing a, a million. You know what I mean, not until 2003 is where I really, 2003, 2004 is where I really figure out the out of town. You know what I mean? You're just selling nickels and dimes when you're young and you think you're doing something, but you're really not. Right. So then, you know, they hit, you, hit, you start growing up and you're, you're in the game. And, yeah. you know, you just said at age 23 that you started, you went across the other side of the freeway, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to go, you want to go to the other side. You want to try the other side out. Now, once you get to the other side of the freeway, you find out you want to try the other side of the world off because now on the other side of the world, if you just pay a thousand dollars over here, it's worth two thousand dollars over here. So you get the inflation and you're like, whoa, I can make that in one day. My three thousand can turn into six thousand in one day if I just overnight my package over there. So once you figure that game out, it's you're never even gonna want to sell the in town anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and now, the, when when did you you first run a uh, a rye of the law? I caught my first uh, case. Um, when I was nineteen. I was trying to bust a check. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I was young. It was like the, the 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 forgery and check game. I always wanted to do something where I wasn't affecting anybody. So mm-hmm. I never wanted to do a violent crime, but I did commit some crimes and. I, mm-hmm. I'm not proud of it, but I want to tell when I tell my story in my book, I just want to tell everybody the truth of what I right, have to get, of course. get to the maturity that I am at today. So started to do the forgery. They slapped me on the wrist and give, they give me, um, they give me 18 months. You know what I mean? I mean, they give me three years. I do 18 months. Then I get out and I said, oh, I'm one of the people that if I got caught doing that, that's over with. I'm not doing that anymore. You see what I'm saying? So gotcha. then, that's when I get full fledged and say, you know, I think I'm going to sell marijuana in 2003. Yeah. So 2003. And so you jump into the game, both feet, selling marijuana, doing well. I had to start from, to start from scratch again, you know, right. so I, had to, I had to start from scratch. So, so me and my boy started with an eighth, you know what I mean? And then we flipped it. Then after we flipped it, we go to the ounce and then we kept, we kept going. We were kind of like the, the, like, I guess the logistic delivery crew for the, for the bigger drug dealers, you know, for the right. big weed dealers at the time, like sure. I, I would deliver it to you. I'm going to, I don't care. If I got to drive a hundred miles or to, uh, if you want that out. So I'm coming to deliver it to all the people and they're smoking ounces. So they can afford to, to smoke ounces at the time, which was $300, three, $400 for an ounce at the time. And um, I would deliver them for them. So then once we're delivering the game, of course, you're going to ask questions on how do you have all this extra money to just buy this weed? And they're like, man, you got to send it out of town. Then you learn the out of town game. And then it's, uh, that's what gets you to the 40 tons. And that's what, that's how you, that's how, you know, that's how you can get to 40 tons. You know, you can start small and, and gradually grow your way up, but this is where 40 tons, see, this is the brand. This is where it's the heart of it and it's the sure. core of it, but you got to start from the bottom and climb your way up, but we're breaking the chains of injustice. That's Corvain Cooper is the chains, but we're trying to break the chains of injustice because this still going on. I got my boy Parker Coleman that's still doing 60 years. You see what I'm saying? In in prison right now today. And Luke is still serving time today. Like people are, they're still buried away in Dame and everybody else in Rashid. They have a lot of people in Raphael that's doing life. You feel me? It's, there's, it's still going on just because the chains got broken with me they're still embodied and there's 40,000 more that's just got cannabis crimes that's locked up. So it's like, who's going to stand up for it? And I'm like, well, they have to use me for a purpose. It has to be a purpose while I'm here. I just was serving life 70 days ago. You see what I'm saying? So it has to be some kind of purpose and somebody has to speak for the voiceless. And that's what 40 tons is about. 
Well, gotcha. But I'm, I'm still, I want to kind of just keep painting this picture of, of you growing up and growing into the game. So yeah. now you're, you're moving up, right? And you, you, you start off small again, started selling out in town. Then you moved across the freeway and then you moved again yeah. and you started selling. And then when'd you catch your second case? I caught the second case. Um, by the time I had a good run, I, I can't lie. I had, a, I had a good run. I catch the, the, the marijuana case in 2009. So in 2009, I catch the marijuana case, right? So boy, I get caught with the pound of marijuana in the car, but I'm really taking it to my mom. I'm leaving the Laker game and I'm just, I'm foolish. I'm foolish. I got it in the trunk for no reason. I'm just, I got girls in the car and everything, but I'm like a stand up person. So I have people in the car. So they ask who is. I'm, I'm more of a stand-up person, so I'm going to say it's mine. I'm not going to make everybody go to trial or act like I don't know that it's in the trunk. So I say it's mine. And um, this is before the AB 109 Act in California, but I got the the, the, the forgery and stuff going on. So mm-hmm. they tell me that um, you're driving and trafficking and, you know, and give me a case. So they say, because um, I have money in the car, so that if you got the weed and the money, that makes them take the money, too. You feel what I'm saying? So it, they say that the money came from the weed when the money didn't even come from the weed. But if you have right. money in your pocket, which I was spending at the at the at the game and spending it at the thing, it had nothing. I didn't sell that mirror that money to get that marijuana, but they put it all right. together, and um, I gone and felt play guilty because I was guilty. You see what I'm saying? So sure, I had to go serve a year in prison. So boom. I turned myself in. I prolonged it to about 2011. I turned myself in in 2011 just to do my time like a man. Before I turned myself in, I started my clothing store, SE Clothing, for my kids so they can have something to look forward to. And so they can have, uh, you know, so they can have a business and, and, you know, so I can leave something behind for for the year that I'm I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. So I get out 2012. I think my past is behind me, you know. I paid mm-hmm. my debt to society like a man. I didn't run. I wouldn't turn myself into a level three penitentiary. And um, let's talk about that for a little bit, because now you're talking 2012. You get popped for having marijuana in your car. But back in 2012, you know, the nation was starting to look at marijuana differently. Man, you're sitting in a cell. And I, 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 I really wanted, I, I want to get it from you. I mean, you know, dude, on, on those nights when the, you know, the bars close and, you know, you get ready to go to sleep, but you can't sleep because you're saying to yourself, damn it, you know, I'm getting, I got busted for something that these other people are making money off of and making money illegally. Why can't I make money illegally? Not only that, I turned myself in in July. And um, what really kicked me in the ass is that October 2011, uh, California came out with an AB 109 Act where for all nine violent felons, you didn't have to go serve any more prison time. You would serve like maybe three or four months on house arrest or something like that. Like they made it more, if I would have turned myself in 60 days later, you see what I'm saying? So if I just would have, you know, I turned myself in July, if I just would have waited August and September, the 1st of October, it started the AB 109 Act in California. So while I'm sitting there, I'm, it's, this legal is already getting legal. Um, and while weed is getting legal, uh, they're turning, they're, 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 they're turning the, the corner on this AB 109 Act and they just let out like 140,000 people. But they let out 140,000 and put you in and put me in. So that, that's hurting, but I'm still just doing my time like a man, like, Still planning. I'm, I'm planning. I'm strategizing. At the time, I came out with a long clothing line called Old Money. Is when I uh, when I got out. So I continued my my clothing thing, and I, I always liked it. I always was into clothes. So boom, I get out. I got Charles Barkley wearing it. Wale, Tiger, Faith Evans. Everybody's wearing. It. I got all the barbershops. I get on the grind and really go 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 hustle. I, I sold over twenty five hundred sweaters and hats singly hand out the trunk just when I first came home. So it's 2012. I'm pushing my brand. And um, um, six months passed by, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm steadily pushing my brand. I'm steadily doing my thing, trying to build my thing. So they come back January 28th, 2013. Boom. I see the feds, you know, I'm coming from the cleaners. I'm about to pick my daughters out the window. I'm going to go pick my daughter up, taking her drill team. 
and all the feds is outside. You see what I'm saying? When I'm backing out the driveway, all the feds are here. So I'm thinking, I, I haven't been to, you know, uh, there's nothing for me to do. I'm not on a run or I'm not looking over my shoulders or anything like that. Right. So they say about a, a, a case from Charlotte from 2004, you know what I mean, <laughs> to now, you feel what I'm saying? To, they're saying that I've still sold it up to now has just came on their table and, and you're indicted, being indicted and you're going to be expedited to Charlotte. Wait, 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 wait. Explain us. You were involved in a case in 2004? Remember yeah. I told you that we started selling marijuana and started selling right. out of town in 2004. Right. But they got the conspiracy keep going because remember all that time we we, we, we had sped up to having a good time, right? And we said the next time because I was – I hadn't gotten in trouble in seven years. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't get back in trouble to 2009 when I got caught with the marijuana. And then in 2010, I got caught with a bottle of codeine. I left that out. So I got caught with a bottle of cough syrup in the car in 2010. Right. So now, boom, I I served both times at the same time. So when I turned myself in, I said, well, kill both cases, kill the marijuana case and kill. This was the worst thing that happened to me in my entire life me doing this because I could have beat the coding case because it was my friend's mom's coding that she left in the car and she had a prescription, but I didn't have time, which I thought I didn't have time. I had all the time in the world. Um, I told them to just run both cases concurrent because I'm not knowing this is going to bite me in the ass because I don't plan on doing any more crime. So I just want to, I don't want to go back and forth to court in, in the County jail that we have. It's very rough going back and forth to court. You want to, you act, it's crazy that you want to be in prison, but L.A. County Jail is really like a rough and no food and cold water and take a shot, eat the food out the shot. So you're, you you kind of want to get to the prison and get to the hot pot and just get it over with. So run that the coding thing concurrent. Now, guess what I have? I have two prior felony drug convictions. Wow. You know, so now when they come on the 28th with uh, um, with the thing with the um, from 2004. The 2004, because you got to be five years out of your statute of limitations. So when they come with that, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, um, first of all, I'm going to trial. You see what I'm saying? Because I've never been to Charlotte because they only mailed the weed. I never received any of the money from from Charlotte because Evelyn, I went to trial with with, uh, Evelyn LaChapelle and Italian Wade. You feel what I'm saying? So I never touched the money. I never touched the weed. I've never been to Charlotte. You only have the two witnesses that's saying, which are criminals that's in jail, saying that I helped them sell the marijuana. That's the only evidence you have. And you have the actual detective that's on the case. That's actually the detective on the case said he's never seen Mr. Cooper do anything. So please give me 12 in the box, please. You see what I'm saying? So right. I got, I said, give me 12 in the box. Give me Jeremiah my peers, Evelyn LaChapelle and Italia Way. They said the same thing. They want 12 in the box. We're in trial by October, you know, so October we're in trial. And um, I'm thinking like, uh, I think this is going to be good. You know, so I'm thinking like um, there's no way in the world that you can you can convict us if you don't have if you have nothing. But he's saying she say, but the feds is just a little different. He say she say stands up in the feds. You feel what I'm saying? So even with the officer saying that, with us saying in closing arguments that. These are just jailhouse snitches that are just trying to get a time cut. It's hard to get out of conspiracy is a whole nother book I'm trying to write. It's the web you can't get out of. You know what I mean? Like as long as me and you talked on this phone and and and, and we had this conversation and, and they can show me talking to Montel five times or ten times that they can show the jury, they can put together a case and saying No matter what we were talking about. They don't have to show it. They're just gonna show our my number. This is what they showed at my trial. My number and your number talking. They don't know what those conversations about, but they're going to paint this picture to the jury on what they want the picture to be painted. You see what I'm saying? So, and they did it to my boy, Jimmy Rollins too. Shout out to Jimmy Rollins. He just got out of clemency with us too. And he had the same kind of case as me, but it's just, they do it to everybody and they have tons of people buried away in there. And I, I accept 10 to 15. I just already talked to three people in prison today. I talked to 10, 15 people a day in there, you know what I mean? And send them pictures and, and money and stuff like this to, to help build up their cells. Cause I know what they need, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing because you can't get out of it. So we're all found guilty. Me, Evelyn and Natalia was all found guilty October, uh, October 18th. Yeah. I think yeah, October 18th, 
2013. And uh, you can you can Google that in uh, Charlotte, Mecklenburg County and um, uh, Charlotte Observer. And that's where the 40 we was guilty of 40 tons. So I said I was, I was always going to use that to build me back up. The same thing that took me down. I said, that's the same thing that I'm going, I'm going to use to build back up. So I was convicted of 40 tons and it was, it was a day to remember right there. You heard that gavel come down and that 40 tons conviction. And then he said life. Without the possibility of parole. So it's not just you're deceased. You see what I'm saying? Like, are, are you, you're, were you in the courtroom when they said that? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're looking across this table at this judge who says, "Who said it was about the possibility of parole?" Bang. Then, he has, then he says, "It's hard on a court. It's, it's, it's hard on a court for me to do this." You know what I mean? Like to give a 34 year old man life without the possibility of parole is exactly the words he said. Wow. And I mean, okay, so in in your heart, in your throat, in your chest, what happened? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer, how to grow an online business, how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million-dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name's Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. I said, I never, like, I never inhaled it. You see what I'm saying? I never inhaled it, and I never, like, uh, believed in it. You feel me? Because they say once you inhale it and once you believe in it, then then that's what it is. You see what I'm saying? So by me never inhaling it and never believing in it, I said, you know what? I don't got no life. I'm, 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 I'm getting out. Now, mind me, okay, so we hired Patrick McGurl. You know, this is this is just my appeal attorney. You know what I mean? So this is my boy, it's my appeal attorney. This family now. You feel what I'm saying? This family yeah. to this day, but at this present time, it's just somebody that we hired. You feel me? But so we go to the direct appeal. We get shot. He he represents me on my sentencing too. And we go to direct appeal. Boom, we get shot down. We sentencing this boom, boom, boom. So now. That was twenty five thousand for the record appeal and sentencing, but now we've ran out of money. You know what I mean? We don't have any money. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, damn, what do we do now? He's like, no, I'm still gonna fight for you. You see what I'm saying? I'm doing this pro bono. You or your life is parallel to me. I got two daughters. You got two daughters. Me and him was the same age. He can see. He read the case and he can see what's going on. So he's like, I'm getting you back home to your family. You know what I mean? So, boom. We go through the um, 25, the, two, the, two, the 225 motion. Boom, it gets shot down. Now, 2016, the laws change. I mean, but we try to go to the Obama administration through for uh, for the clemency. We get shot down there. Boom. And when they, they shoot you down, I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm trying to make the sense of this in my brain, my brother. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I can't. Uh, I'm trying to make sense of the fact that now you're talking 2013, 2014. There are states, I think at that point in time, we probably have 13, 14 states that have already now legalized marijuana for sale and medicinally uh, distribution and growing. You have, you know, statewide programs that are burgeoning across the country. There are people trying to invest you know, money from around the world in cannabis, and you are yeah. sitting in prison for cannabis. It's on a stock market, man. They're making billions. It's on a stock market. Don't leave that out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's on, it's on a stock market. You know, so when all this is going on, you're that's what you're thinking in your head, but that that's giving you hope too. You know what I mean? So it's giving you a little hope, but that's why I'm here to say, like, it's still going on today. It hasn't stopped. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's right. people are still buried away. So, so now I'm mashing the gas. Boom, it's 2016. Now I'm the I'm the campaign for Prop 64 in California. I'm on front of newspapers all around California in Orange mm-hmm. County. 
So boom, they didn't interview my mom. Boom. So everybody's hamped up. I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the Prop 64 off my jacket from the marijuana. Cause they use that same case in Beverly Hills. I got pulled over. They use that same thing at my trap. Cause that's the only weed I've ever got caught with in my life. Mm-hmm. So they brought that, that already served my rumor. Rewind the story that I served my time like a man. It's really like double jeopardy because they it's like they charged me for it again in this case. Since they didn't actually have any marijuana, they used that in some pay records or something that I had in the car to say that that has something to do with the conspiracy, which it didn't. So um, now I get that off the jacket. I get the Prop 64 and I get Prop 47. My boy Turk in jail puts me on the Prop 47. So now those are both officially off of my record. All we're asking the court and the Supreme Court is to do is just let me get resentenced. Let me get resentenced. If you resentence Corbin Cooper today, you couldn't give me no more than 10 years. Right. You know? So we just want to get resentenced. That's why I know that I'm here for like a reason, because we went all the way to the Supreme Court and that got shut down. Because if I get the 10 years, people get 10 years all the time and just get out every day. So it's no hula about it. You know what I mean? There's no, right. no stage for it. There's no platform for it. So that's why I'm oh like, God did this for a reason. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's the whole reason behind but I, it. But I, I wonder, I mean, what, what was the reason why the court denied you? Well, first of all, if they went ahead and expunged your record, not expunged, but they literally took those two convictions off of your record, then you were no longer a 30-time felon. So therefore, they should have just convicted you for the first felony. If in fact they they were going to convict you at all, the federal level wasn't acknowledging it. You know what I mean? So we went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they didn't acknowledge that. You know, so they were saying that that was a state that at the during the time of your arrest you had that, and that's what it is. Like I, it was, it didn't make any sense, but that's what they were telling us. So now we said, I got with my attorney. He said, you know, we're going to go through Trump. It's 2016. He said we're going to go through Trump. We're going to get a we're going to get a change.org started. And he wrote a beautiful one. And you got to read it when you have time. And and he wrote it and said, I'm going to ask Trump, you know, I'm going to ask Trump to do this. You know, what I mean, I'm not but I'm just to tell me what you thought when he said that to you. I'm going to ask Trump, especially when you knew who Trump is and you know who he is. Right. But I was saying, huh? Because it's crazy because people thought I was crazy because I was like, man, Trump the one going to do it because Trump's unpredictable. You know what I mean? I said, Trump's unpredictable. He hates people that crosses other people. Like he hates snitches and people that cross you. Like that's his number one thing that he hates. So I was like, okay, I got a plus there. He has daughters. I got daughters. And you don't never know what Trump's going to do. You see what I'm saying? So, so I was like, I said, let's go. So he writes it out. He sends it to me. I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the cell. I cry. I say, damn, this is beautiful. I say, I think this is the one. The way he wrote it up and the way he was asking, I said, I think I think this is this is the one. And I stood on it when we first dropped it. We got about 50,000 signatures right off the bat. You know, what I mean, like when the first two weeks on change.org. So when we when we're when we're when we're going when we're going through the whole thing, we went and I said, all right, we need to put more. So I start telling all my different groups, you know, what I mean, I, I gave it to to LPP. I gave it to Sherry Sakar. I gave it to um, Buried Alive Project with Brittany K. Barnett. I gave it, I just gave it to everybody. Freedom Grove. I I gave it to everybody and said, let's get more SIGs. Let's get more SIGs. Let's push it out there. Let's pump it out there. Can't do foundation. Um, So when I put it out there, it just goes. It's starting to build up. It's like, boom, I'm getting the momentum. I said, okay, that's cool. But years have passed. I was 2017. Trump's going through his first impeachment. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, damn, that was 17, 18. Now he's in trouble. You see what I'm saying? And they're, right. they're investigating him. But now, right. okay, to speed it up a little more, as I gain more momentum, now we're getting towards the end. It's 2019. It's 2020. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. now the walls are really closing. You know, then I get the BET documentary with Nas puts up the money and Eric and, and Rob Gones produce it. And I do the smoke documentary uh, on BET, which was pivotal. You feel what I'm saying? Which start I get a lot of traction. Now, Alice Johnson is on board. You know what I mean? And Alice Johnson is in the Trump that she's her and Trump is like this. Trump gave her the 
the the ticket to say, you know, it's who you would like out. You see what I'm saying? And, right. you know, he, you know, promoted her tour during the Super Bowl and all that. So now she's writing letters. So now everybody's on board. So I'm thinking I can't really lose now. I'm, I'm coming from every angle now, you know. So and how many signatures were, were in support of you being released? I would say about seven organizations, seven to eight organizations. Organizations, but I mean, how many individuals signed on? Do you think? Do you know the number? Did you ever get a number? The, the total, the total yeah. uh, thing, uh, one hundred fifty-two thousand signatures. Wow. Yeah, I got one hundred fifty-two thousand. I'm gonna And um, as things are progressing and things are going on, it's closing in. Trump is get there trying to impeach him again. You know what I mean? Like he's and he's and he's lost the race and he's going through an election fraud. He's going through election fraud and he's going through an impeachment of his second impeachment. So now I'm like, whoa, you feel what I'm saying? But I'm still standing strong. I'm still like, I leave when Trump leaves, is what I told the people in the jail. Now, mind me, I'm in, I'm on lockdown because I'm at a maximum security prison where eight people just got airlifted. You see what I'm saying? So it just was a riot. So we're on a 90 day lockdown while all this is going on. I can't physically see it. We got to look out the door and watch these things from the TV. So now we're into the last week. You feel what I'm saying? The last two weeks, it's closing in. You're like, ooh, you got to do a lot of push-ups to, 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 to stay firm because if you don't get this lottery ticket, then you got to wait on Biden. You know what I mean? You got to wait on Biden. And everybody's blaming Biden because he designed these whole laws and we don't want him to forgive for the Correct. laws that you started. You know what I mean? The, law, the bill that you signed is the reason why we're in here buried alive. You know, right. so we're like, okay. But then again, when you're waiting on the clemency and the position that I'm in with a life without the possibility of parole, they're not doing clemencies when Biden gets in office tomorrow. He's going to do clemencies when he leaves office, if he's going to do any, you know, so right. do any, he's going to do it in four to eight years on however long he's in office. And you are at this point down there, you've been in there for what, seven, seven and a half? Yeah, it's really, it's really with them adding the, the, I say nine, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I got locked up the day on the 28th and they let me out on the 20th. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So that's yeah. eight, that's eight years. And then the one year that I just served for the same marijuana that they charged me for again, that was only out for six months. You see what I'm saying? So they came back and used that same Beverly Hills officer, that same weed at the same trial that I went in the feds, same state case. They used the same thing, you know? So, I always say nine because that's how much time I was sure. gone for the marijuana. So when um it's closing in, so we're on the last day. So now I'm listening to NPR and we're watching CNN ticker on the bottom of the ticker in, in there. And I would yell downstairs because you can't see. So you have to ask somebody in a bottom cell on what's going on downstairs on TV. So I scream down. I say, hey. You see my name yet? They said, no, they see Harry O, Lil Wayne, and Kodak, which which I got love for all three. And my dad hustled with Harry O. Lil Wayne used my car for, for a photo shoot in 2004. And Kodak gave me a shout out in one of us in one of the songs. So I have I'm happy for all of them. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm happy for them. You feel what I'm saying? And um, I'm like, uh, damn, we're gonna see my name. You know, at this time, I got the momentum on a December 29th. My attorney was just in the front cover of New York Times, uh, Patrick Guru, stating to Trump that how are you going to let your friends out, but you're going to leave Corvain Cooper in here? This made front page newspaper, New York Times. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, so when you're seeing stuff like this, it's like the name is in rotation. You know, I just did, they just did the BET doc, November 18th, smoke documentary. I'm like, if, I don't even know if I'm even going to get a push like this with Biden. You feel what I'm saying? I don't even know. Right. Do I get the same push that the momentum that I have? Do you get the same momentum that you have? You feel what I'm saying? It's like trying to win a championship. Are you going to have the same people on your team? Are you going to be able to, to, to shoot all these shots and make these baskets? So we're on the last day, you know? So once we get there, I still don't see my name. It's about 1138 at night. I go to sleep and say, I'm just gonna call it a night, man. It's just what it is. I gotta, you know, get my mind mentally ready to put it, do this time. You feel what I'm saying? Because right. they haven't said my name on NPR. They're saying the names. It's 11:38. Why haven't they, they? Every hour on the hour, they're showing who got the clemency. 
So I get to um, in the morning, we got to get locked up and get chained up to go to the shower. So you got to put your, your hand through the trace slot and get and, and go to the shower. So I'm walking down the tier. I look to my left. The TVs are on the wall. So when I look to my left, I see uh, I see Trump getting on the helicopter. You know what I mean? So I'm like, damn, right. helicopter. It's not like he's going to sign it when he's going to the helicopter. You've got to <laughs> make, be ready for this. So right. then Trump's getting on the helicopter. And on the other TV, Biden's getting inaugurated in. So I'm like, damn, it's, you know, I put in a lot of work. You know what I mean? Like, damn, like I can't believe it. But it's, it's, the walls is closing in. But my boy... My boy from D.C., he screamed on his cell and he said, man, you know, Louis, you in Louisiana, man, you know, the paperwork gets kind of messed up around here. Because they be kind of slow on the paperwork, man. Keep your head up, man. You, you, you out of here, man. We got faith in So when I walked to, uh, to the shower and walked back, I'm in the cell for maybe 10 minutes. So now they like counselor on the range, counselor on the range. Now the counselors never really come in. This is a lot. We're on a severe lockdown. You feel what I'm saying? So right. then not only did he come in the building, he opened the door. That's a breach of security because we just remember, we just got handcuffed to go to showers. We, ain't, we can't even walk to the showers by ourselves. So why would you open our door? You feel what I'm saying? Being my right. Look like, well, he put the key in the door for us. You know what I mean? So he like, man, Cooper, he like, you got five, 10 minutes, pack your shit up. You got to get out of here, man. You got immediate release. So I'm like, so I'm just stunned. So I'm just giving stuff away and running. I go by everybody's door, tell them walk by faith, not by sight. You know what I mean? Now I'm, I'm just so amped up. I'm screaming. I'm just like, oh man, this is really happening. I call my mom's right. So when I call her, I break down. So I'm, I'm, I didn't bust down in the, in the counselor office. I'm crying. So she's like, what you crying for? Ivanka Trump just called me at 1230 and said, you're getting out of here. You see what I'm saying? Said, you're out of here. I said, no, mom, these tears of joy. Like, you got to really have some real faith. And then for the person to put that on their heart at that time, I know a lot of people say this and that's about Trump. But to even care about that, at, with all the stuff he had going on personally, you feel what I'm saying? To be going through election fraud, to be going through impeachment, to be getting picked at and blamed after everything, to even care about little old me to sign a paper at 12 o'clock. And be the last second shot. It was just. That was like the last one he signed before he got in that helicopter, right? He had already got in the helicopter. You know what I mean? So he he signed it before he got in the helicopter. I'm on Central Time over there, so it was about six a.m. when I see him on the helicopter. Once you see him on the helicopter, it's over. He's right. waving the goodbyes. It's it's over. If he haven't signed it at twelve, that's it. You're not gonna see him right. no more. He's going to Montalago. You know what I mean? So right. You know, you know, they have to go through the paperwork process and then. And it all went through, you know, so God is good. Right. And I, I'm here today because I, mean, of I hear I, I hear I hear the emotion in you right now when you talk about just how it felt uh, that second because you you're running by telling and screaming, giving everything away. Mm-hmm. But, brother, I mean, you had to, like, sit down that night, first night out of a cell. What went through your mind? Like, it's like you got to touch yourself to see if you're dreaming. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, boom. And then when I first see my kids, it's like, psh, I've been on lockdown. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't even been on myself for more than a month. I mean, I mean, it's crucial stuff going on in there. You know what I mean? I've seen six, seven, seven suicides and eight murders. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. the stuff that I've seen and physically been through, I wasn't at a day camp, you know what I mean? Like I was, you know, still going down in there today. They still calling it still, they still writing letters and, you know, still stuff getting participated in today, you know? So it's not a joke, you know what I mean? It's not a joke to put somebody in those kind of predicaments and, and God did it for a reason because I left, I don't have a scratch on me, you know? And, um, so I've seen, I've seen a lot of things happen to a lot of people in there and, uh, God, I think Charles, before reason, I got to use it as a purpose. And and I've been working every since every day. I haven't had no days off since I've been home. You know, I've been working and I put, I've been pushing the 40 tons brand. And I'm just you, 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 uh, now they, they gave you 10 years probation. All right. This, this morning, I, I just came back. I had to get up to make this interview. I had to get up at six and go downtown and go piss this morning in a cup, 6 a.m. this morning. You got to call a number every day at five o'clock. And, you know, you got, I haven't even been able to go to Vegas. You got to call and make an appointment just to go four hours away to Vegas to go see your dad or 
my girl lives in Oakland. You feel what I'm saying? I'm in LA. So to go see my girl in Oakland, I have to make an appointment to just go inside California. You feel what I'm saying? Like Oakland is still in California. I can't even just go to go to Oakland and, and see her own significant other. Right. And uh, now how, and just help me with this because if you're on probation and they're making you do your analysis, what uh, I'm random. And how can you participate in a cannabis company in any way, shape or form? Because that's still a federal violation. Right. Right. That's why I'm a brand ambassador. You know, that's why I'm a brand ambassador of the brand. You feel what I'm saying? It's just, you know, you can't do any plant touch. You can't smoke and you can't do anything. It's like you're 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 double in jail. But, you know, that's why I want to break. You see that that's why I'm trying to break the chains of injustice, because even when you get out, you still have the chains of injustice still falling. So how can I promote this drug? And being one of the people that stood on the corner, stood in the rain and sold it in the projects and, and really sold it in the trenches and risked my life to sell this. But I can't be a, I can't be a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of that's kind of like a slap in the face within itself. Right. I mean, it just seems so crazy to me that, again, when especially when you look at and you hear all of the discussion, even here, you know, the way I talk here on uh you know, let's be blunt, man. I mean, it's it's way past time that, you know, this current administration and even the former one. And I, I, I appreciate it. I, I would not disparage, you know, President Trump for you, ex-President Trump, former President Trump. I won't disparage him to you uh, because, I mean, he literally, you know, saved your life. Did he? Um, <laughs> however, you know. Even under his administration, I, 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 and they passed the farm bill under his administration. Um, he knows the viability of hemp cannabis, um, and it, it blows my mind that his administration didn't. I think if he had had uh, taken the, you know, the reins and and passed some sort of marijuana legislation before his term was up, he would be the president right now. I, yeah. I really feel that very strongly. And it's the same thing. It probably will be what ends up keeping Biden around because he's going to realize at the end of his first four terms, if, unless he passes something to do with cannabis, he's not going to be around for the next four. Right. Um, and it's not looking good. Like you're firing people in the White House for dealing with cannabis like that. Come that was on. Like, I mean, like when he did that, I was like, whoa, hold on. Well, but, but, but people don't remember that six months before he was elected, he had the nerve to say that he still thought cannabis was a gateway drug. Yeah. And all he and his vice president has talked about has been decriminalization, which is bullshit. I mean, let's tell the truth. I mean, yeah. like, don't, don't tell me that I'm taking a medication and I'm still a criminal. Even if you say that my criminality is just a misdemeanor, I'm not a criminal because I'm medicating myself trying to heal what's wrong in me. We got to get out of this entire stupid ass mindset of criminality. This is not a criminal thing. You know, taking what, uh, you know, I say it often and people don't like to listen to me when I say it and they think I'm crazy. But, you know, if it was good enough for the baby Jesus, it's good enough for me. And we know that's how long it's been part of mankind's society. I said that in my closing arguments that in my closing statement. I didn't bring this thing here. This thing was already here when I got here. It grows about the ground. It's a plant. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't bring it here. You know what I mean? Like, it was already here when I got here. And was being used for over four, but we're close to 4,000 years, 3,000 years, been listed in every cornucopia and pharmacopoeia of medicine since man was writing. So yeah. it, it's, it's really ignorant. But now, so now you are a brand ambassador for a product that imprisoned you that if you touch in the wrong way, you could end up. Touch, going back touch, to period. Yeah. Touch, huh? period. touch period. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> can't be around do, touching it. Period. Do, do they, do they, are they holding you accountable for promotion? No, because they're just using my likeness. You know what I mean? It's just like the same as, as uh, you know what I mean? As Nicki Minaj with Fendi. You feel what I'm saying? It's a, right. it's it's a licensing a, deal. It's just a licensing deal. You know what I mean? Really, I'm selling you my sticker. Really, you can right. you can buy my sticker 
and put my sticker on your product and you bought the sticker from me. I, I didn't buy, you didn't buy anything from me, but the sticker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, now are you getting an opportunity? Well, t- tell me about your, your upcoming memoir. That's going to be done in documentary form, four installments. It's four and it's going to be four installments, but it's going to be, it's going to be in book form. It's going to be in book form. Mm-hmm. And, just, and hopefully people read the story and, and want to get the next one and want to get the next one and want to get the next one. And, and uh, we'll see how far it goes. But I believe it's a page turner. I didn't I didn't hide back anything. I don't want to be judged. I want people to know that before I became 41, I was 16 years old and that I was 17 and 18. And I had to go through certain things at these different age groups that um, allowed me to grow. You feel what I'm saying? And allowed me to be a man. Has, any, has anybody approached you, my brother, about, you know, doing, you know, this is a, to me, made for Netflix. This is made for as a, as a you know, a um, multi-episode, you know, dramatization. Has anybody approached you about that? I got a few approaches. And I got, we got one from Gil Bellows, but I didn't want to, uh, I don't want to sell my life rights. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I've seen the life rights and that just, that did it right there. That, right. That, that turned me off right there. Like, you know, I, I've always been independent, you know what I mean? My whole sure. life. So I will get out there and, 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 I, and I can, I can, I can sell, I think I can sell 40, 50,000 out the trunk. You know what I mean? I think yeah. I can go place to place to place. I'm not lazy. You know, I'll, I get up and work, you know, I've been up since six this morning. You know, I've been up looking at the stocks. I've been up, I want to use the bathroom. I went, you know what I mean? I've been been there and back. I got a funeral to do in an hour. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm up doing it, you know? So I right. already slept for nine years. So if I got to go put in the hours, the man hours to go do it, then uh, that's what I'm going to do. Gotcha. And you'll, you'll, you'll get it produced yourself. Well, you know what I mean? Again, I think even yeah. in that world, anything that we can do to help you out there, I'd like to, to, to yeah, you're not a right, you'll get a right deal coming across the table. It was just, you asked me that anybody asked me about any deals, and that deal came across my table and I was like, I don't know about that deal. I'll wait to the, you know, I'll wait to the next one. It was a few people called and was interested. And then um, my other boy works for HBO. He was saying that the Hughes brothers would like to come out of retirement and do something like, cause they like these type of stories, but you know, it's, it's, it's different things. It's different things, but I want, I just waiting for the right deal to come across the table that, that matches with what I'm trying to do. You know that. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, if you if you want the, you know, once once we finish this, we can talk a little bit. But you know, I could probably go out and see if I could, uh, you know, conjure up some people who would be interested in putting the right thing on the table and and right. talking through how to do this, man. Right. I think right. it's a story that needs to be told. It's a story that needs to be told right now. Yeah. Um, you know, not five years from now, but right now. Right. And uh, you know, I mean, there's there's so much more that I think you you can do especially for so many other brothers who are, who are people who are stuck and incarcerated right now, just giving them the hope to think that, you know, again, it happened. That's what they say. That's what they say. Every day. They say, they say, I'm giving them hope. They say, you know what I mean? Like the, the guys is like, man, you get us hope, man. And here, like I'm talking to them every day. I'm tied to the streets. So I'm trying to tell the, the, the people like 40 times we're the real, I'm the real deal. We're a real brand. This is not a fake 40 tons. That's what the conspiracy was. I'm not fake. You know what I mean? My co-defendants are fake. You feel what I'm saying? And and we all stood up for this. And it's like, I was saying on a different podcast the other day, like if every dispensary only gave out a hundred dollars, you know what I mean? Just, just $100, right? That's $70,000 a month. That's just in California, but it's, it's dispensaries around the world. So that's $840,000 a year, right? So if you did that, and has something for the cannabis prison to come home the same way that the veterans and everybody else had needs stuff to come home, medical and dental and all other things that that's needed when, uh, when you come home into your re-entry, then we wouldn't have to go fund me or we wouldn't have to go this route or we wouldn't have to do this because we could go to our cannabis community and that'll already be there for us. You know? Well, I mean, there's no, and there's no reason why the cannabis industry can't do that. But I, and I've talked about that until I'm blue in the face of the fact that, you know, we spend so much time on that. You know, part of the problem is that this industry has just turned so cutthroat. You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to stab somebody else in the back to take one step forward where, you know, uh, honestly, it's going to take all of us to, to, you know, that old saying of the rising tide lifts all boats. It's going to take all of us to 
raise up rather than just one or two individuals. I mean, so where, where do you think the cannabis industry is going to go over the next couple of years, my friend? I think it's going legal. And I think it's the next biggest thing. I think it's, it's, it's I think it has the greatest future. You feel what I'm saying? Even when you look at the sweater, it's not just for Corvain Cooper. It's the cannabis is passed and it's the future of cannabis. You feel what I'm saying? And the change is going to break for the prohibition of cannabis. And I think cannabis is the next biggest thing. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be worldwide in the next five years. I really believe that it's going to be bigger than cigarettes and bigger than anything else. I think it's going to be the biggest thing that ever happened. Well, you know, and I mean, a lot of people don't recognize the fact that at one point in time in the world, it was one of the biggest things ever. I mean, when you go back, you know, couple hundred years and then you go back to our founding fathers you know, forefathers all of them grew hemp you know all of them kicked back at the end of the evening and probably smoked a hemp cigarette they you know they weren't calling it marijuana back then but it was a cannabis cigarette they were doing it um and they recognized its viability you know times were tough man you needed something to get through all those tough times right exactly exactly it helped it helps more people than it hurts man it, it's, it's really it's really something that really helps people and what kind of, you know, we were talking about 40 tons there for a second. What other things does 40 tons offer? What other services do you provide? We're, we're about to start the letter writing program, but we're getting our accessories built up. Like this week, we're doing uh, 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 the executive clemency is better than the lottery. We just trademarked that. So I said that at the airport when I first got out. So that's trademarked, executive clemency. It's better than the lottery. So we're going to have the T-shirts, then the hats to sell. Then we're going to have uh, – it's, it's just because someone carries well doesn't mean it's not heavy. You feel what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's really So just because we carry – just because it looks like I'm carrying it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. And that goes for me, Evelyn, and Natalia. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, Evelyn almost committed suicide during our first stays at the when we first got found guilty. And Natalia almost died in there because she had lupus. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So shout out to them. I was the strong women that went to trial with me. You feel me? So and then I had to carry that on my way of me involving them into the problem and getting them involved into it, laundering the money for me. So I had to carry all the weight of that along with leaving my kids, leaving my mom, leaving my sister, losing my granny, you know, losing my uncle, you know, so losing people in there and um, and her losing her stepmom and all that, you know, that all I had to carry all that weight on. You feel what I'm saying? So just because sure. someone carried well doesn't mean it's not heavy. That's our motto at 40 tons. Are they still in right now? No, they're out. They're out. Oh, too. Okay. Yeah, they're out. So, uh, man, Evelyn is actually dating now. You know, okay. It's a love. It turns into a love story now. But yeah. uh, the next thing is that we started the the thing. I, I, Parker Coleman. Right now, we're focused on him. He's like the the top one. So we just got him some glasses. So that was six hundred dollars. So he needed glasses in there, and um, we did. Um, we send. I send money on different people's books. You see, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. all the proceeds. Let's say if we made two thousand dollars, I might put five hundred dollars towards. This person needs a hundred. This person needs a hundred. This person needs a hundred. So, so we we're just doing that. Then you know I'm on the board of LPP. So yeah, let's talk about your involvement with LPP for for activists. Yeah, talk a little bit about your involvement with LPP. I've been working with them. Yeah, so they're they're great. They're great. LPP is great, and uh, they're um, they're they got a fellowship thing going for me, so I can so I can project more and work on my book and do more things. So. We're gonna we're locking a fellowship thing in, and um, I, I want to really be in charge of marketing for LPP so I can show all the all the stories. You feel what I'm saying all this, you right. know, all the all the things that they're done for people. You feel what I'm saying how they do stuff for you while you're in jail. You know what I mean? Like my kids got to stay in private school while I was in jail, and Evelyn's kids got to as well. Like they 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 raise money for that where they can stay in private school uh, as their reentry. You know, Evelyn is is in charge of reentry, and they made sure immediately that you have a place to live. You feel what I'm saying? And uh, yep. when you, I mean, immediately when you come out, you know. So, you know, they 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 bring so much awareness, and so you know, Michael Thompson raised over two hundred fifty thousand on his on his uh, GoFundMe, right? But that yep. all stemmed from LPP and steering him to Sean King and. And all the people that he like, you're always you're just always one tweet away. 
you feel yeah, what I'm saying? We, we, we work pretty hard. I mean, I, my group worked pretty hard for Michael, um, yeah. you know, to get him out. I, it was like, uh, I, I was, I was shocked when I, we sent a letter to the uh, attorney general and the attorney general actually answered us and acknowledged yeah. the fact that he needed to get out. Right. So right, yeah, right. I think you know, we all got to right. keep doing everything we can, right? So it all stems from hand to hand to hand to hand. So I was telling the the dispensaries on four twenty because I had raised like fourteen fifteen thousand on my GoFundMe, but I live in California, so mm-hmm. fourteen fifteen thousand is like five dollars in California. You know, it's just like five dollars for gas money out here. You know what I mean? And like the food and the inflation is crazy. Like it's eleven dollars for a burrito now. You know, so right. it's, it's it's really serious out here. So. I was telling the dispensaries, like, you know, do y'all think y'all can help me out? And I told my publicist, Zoe, like, do you think that the dispensaries can put my skew on 420? And if someone buys something, then they can donate to the GoFundMe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe raise more money. Because I said, if I work at Walmart and I work at Tar- Target or Taco Bell are the jobs that they're offering me, then I can't do this every day. You know, I can't. Mm-hmm push the message out. I can't get the book out. I can't, I can't do both, you know, so I can't take care of two kids and what's called. So that's what my reentry for. And that's what I got to go find before. So I can keep doing the work that needs to really be done. You know what I mean? The, the real work needs to be done because people need to know that it's all this stuff is still going on, that people are still buried alive in jail. And, and I guess that's part of it's part of your, 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 your probation that you have to get a job, right? So you, you know, have to get job you feel what i'm saying so it's like right you know but if you, i guess you have to go fund me and you have a fellowship with lpp then you can get a pass you know what i mean but right. you have to know how my bill you stay here but how your bills getting paid you feel right. what i'm saying how are you driving the car are you putting gas in the car you know you have to state everything that you're doing so that's why i'm like okay i need enough on my GoFundMe so i can say hey i'm focused on my books it's my GoFundMe, and i work for lpp and here's my fellowship you feel what i'm saying so absolutely well look i mean brother i gotta tell you something i, I this 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 podcast went by so quickly i don't even I, I don't have as much time as i wish i had that we could just keep chatting and keep talking but you know what i want to do is i want you to know that you have a home here anytime you want to come back you have okay. a home here on let's be bubble and we should okay. chop it up some more and really, really chop it up some more so that people understand, you know, what you went through, understand that there's 40,000 plus people still going through what you went through, nonviolent yeah. cannabis offenses that should be let out yeah. and should be allowed to become good contributing members of society again. I mean, I, one thing I know that you you said, and maybe you can just speak to it again, you know, and I, and I, I don't say it to you, you know, to to make you think that you got to validate, but you learned your lesson, right? And now all that you were doing, which was illegal is now legal. So therefore, why not just let you be a legal representative of a business that could make you money? Uh, I ask myself that question every morning when I get up. <laughs> and then I, and then when you, when you pick your people up from the airport, right? I pick people up from the airport and, um, Welcome to California and uh, cannabis sold here and down there. There's billboards everywhere. Like that's soon. They haven't even got off the plane for five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like and right. they made, and all these companies, they have these billboards. As soon as you, it's like, welcome to this cannabis arena, you know? And it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's, it's a lot taking and to have to step the back seat when you're like, man, I got to, I got to take a back seat to Something not, I, I don't feel I started it, you know what I mean? Or feel that I was like the pioneer of it, but you're part of the you're you know part I mean? of like, the reason why it exists, you know what I mean? I'm like, I sold a lot of marijuana, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to risk my life, and you know, you don't know if you're gonna go into this room one day and this person's gonna rob you or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So, sure, I like stood up for the plant, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you've faced a lot of obstacles since you've gotten out. But I know that there's been what has been the best thing, the best thing, first thing that comes to mind, best thing of being able to be released and getting out of prison. Was it seeing your kids? I would say the kids and my mom, you know, me and my seeing my dad, just seeing my family, you feel me, and just seeing the people who was there for me while I was gone, you know, man, who really who really took up for me while I was gone. You see what I'm saying? Like 
to see them and like on the other side of the wall. And I know that you was there for me while I was on the other side of the wall and to see, you know, see us here today. It was like, I think that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things. Okay. My friend. Well, look, again, I, I tell you 100%, you have a home here whenever you want it. So just let me know. And I'd love to have you back. Cause there's so much more of your story that I didn't get an opportunity to talk about that I oh, want yeah. to talk about. And I think there's yeah. so much more that people need to know. It's so much more they need to hear from you, you know, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, you know, we should chop it up as much as we can. Okay. And yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I want to thank you all for tuning in for this edition of let's be blunt with my tall, Mr. Corvain Cooper. You know, we wish you much success, my brother. And, you know, um, we're going to be talking. Okay. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Are you dealing with best life burnout, constantly striving for more, and quite frankly, over it? Maybe you just want more joy, peace, and laughter in your life now. Well, then let's go. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Hot Happy Mess, hosted by me, your girl, Zuri Hall. We are celebrating our magic in the middle of life's messes. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Listen to the Hot Happy Mess podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.